Welcome to the Purpose Marriage Podcast. If you're in a marriage that is damaged or broken and think all hope is lost, we invite you to listen in to today's broadcast. We pray that through this ministry, you'll find biblical encouragement and instruction that will lead you and your spouse to a closer walk with the Lord and each other. God can and does heal marriages no matter how desperate or impossible the circumstances may appear to be. And now, here is today's episode. Hello and welcome to a new edition of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Larson, and with me as always is my wife, Amy Larson. Hello. I should go ahead and tell you we are recording this in our temporary home, so if there are some distractions in the background, we've got a wild animal loose down here. She might... (laughs) It's uh, a kitty. Yeah, she may meow a little bit. Uh, We've also got kids and father-in-law also living with us, and so we're in a very small space, so just we ask that you please bear with us. So having said that... Uh, we've been out for quite a while. I believe it was June was the last time that we recorded. Uh, so that's where we're at. I'm going to go ahead and ask Amy to fill everyone in in terms of what we've been up to the past six months. We've, we've received several messages from folks expressing concern. Uh, what, where are you guys? Why aren't you putting out any episodes? We hope Making you're okay. Sure we're okay. Yeah, and we appreciate all of those, but... Uh, I'm going to let Amy uh, speak to that a little bit. Go ahead. Okay, so um, some of you know, and I think we've put it out there, that we are building a new home. And so beginning around, what was it, July, I think, maybe even June, we started boxing our house up. Um, We moved everything into storage and into my father's house and we sold our house. And so we are in temporary living conditions while our home is being built. Um, It's about 30 minutes away from where we uh, used to live and so everything takes a little bit longer. Um, We've got quite a drive on our hands, but we are in the process of building. We have what? We have a foundation, footers, foundation, uh, so far, so um, we will probably share a little bit of that as we progress, and so you guys can. Who knows? Maybe if you're lucky, we'll share some photos of the construction <laughs> process. Uh, there's maybe not much. A video. To, there's not much to show right now, to be honest with you, yeah. aside from the groundwork that's been laid. Yeah. Although your dad's house is been going up. Yes. It's going to be right next to us. Yes. So my father will be living right next door to us um, and will be on family farmland that we've had for years in our family. So so that's what's happening on that front. That's another reason why we have been away um, because just, you know, moving, it was a big move, uh, adjusting to school being in session and then um, with COVID, kids in and out of school uh, because our school system has occasionally had to um, shut down. And so this is kind of the first time, really, we've had a chance to do a a podcast. I wondered where on earth we were going to actually do this. (laughs) And I want to do a video podcast. So we're actually sitting at the dining room table. Yes. And we just so happened to have a nice uh, picture-free uh, wall behind us, so that works to our advantage. Yes, that works. This out. is the only space really that it could it work. It is the only space. Yeah. We're in we're in a very tiny home right yeah. now. Yeah. So we got um, some natural light coming in on the right and 
Well, indoor lighting, a, a variety of indoor <laughs> lighting above us and in front yeah. of us. We will not show you the behind the scenes. Anyway, so that's one big thing that we've had going on. Um, also, I'm very happy to announce after, what, four years, I think it was? I don't think it's been four years. Maybe three. It's been a long time. Um, it might have I, felt like four years. Yeah, it felt forever. But I finally... Um, passed my biblical counseling exams and so I'm very happy about that um, the essays were it was it ended up being what I think like a 72 80 72 to 85 page um, paper that I had to write out so um, it's I almost finally, a dissertation yeah it really it felt like a not quite that long but it was it was pretty long so um so i i finished that we are praising god for that um also tommy and i were able to attend our very first biblical counseling conference in person and so that was really fun in october we went to where did we go I don't even remember. Wasn't it North Carolina? Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina. Um, And so we were there with some of the other counselors from our church. And so that was a really wonderful experience. This counseling organization, biblical counseling organization, what's the name of it? It's ACBC. ACBC. Yes, not, not AC, DC. DC, the <laughs> it's band. the Association of mm-hmm. Biblical, uh, or of Certified Biblical Counselors. Mm-hmm. And so, um, why, we are, why were you, why were you getting that, or why did you feel the need to get that? Um, For well, those who might be wondering. Yes, I think that it is extremely important to have um, not only you know your own experience and your own Bible knowledge, but this was an extensive program that you go through that really prepares you how to deal with any and every situation. Um, and we know that the Bible speaks to any and every situation. Um, and so I think it's really important to have that training and to go through that because not only do we provide um, counseling through our ministry on occasion, we also counsel um, or I counsel on our biblical counseling team at church. And so, you know, I just think it's really important to have that background and have that knowledge and experience. Um, And I chose specifically that organization because it is so grounded and rooted um, in strong biblical theology. And so that is one of the exams that I had to pass, which I felt was extremely difficult, was um, there's a theology exam and then there's a counseling exam. And so the theology, they just want to make sure that you know what you're talking about and that you know how to counsel in every you know, instance. Well, that your foundation is uh, founded on the truth contained in the Word of God. Absolutely. So we need to have that as our That's the basis and foundation. Right. Yes. And a lot of organizations, um, they don't, they may have a foundation, um, but I just felt that the foundation through ACBC was extremely, extremely strong. Yeah. Uh, For those who don't, you just mentioned, I, I feel like for them, the Word of God isn't necessarily a guiding light that encompasses everything, everything. Mm-hmm. that they advise on. And so that's where we differ. That's where this organization right. differs. And the foundation is the Word of God. That is the source of truth. And right. that's that's the source through which 
you know, the advice and counsel that is given comes from. Right. And I mean, grounded not only in the, in the Bible, but the fact that, you know, our organization is very strong on that the Bible is sufficient for everything um, that you're to face in life. And so, uh, so that's why I chose that organization to go with. Um, We also have a wonderful program at our church where there are other biblical counselors that can come alongside you. And, um, you know, it's just nice to have somebody that you can go to, um, not necessarily to discuss cases, but just to make sure that what you're saying is accurate and, you know, to glean knowledge from them and their experience. A verse comes to mind. I forget the reference. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and mm-hmm. is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So it says it right there. The Bible is good for basically everything we're going to encounter exactly. in this life. And that's, that's where we want to go. Uh, we also want to talk a little bit about the church. And we continue to serve in the divorce ministry there at our church. That has kept us busy throughout this past year. And yeah. in addition to that, Amy started working uh, at our church too. Say oh, a I did. Bit about that. Yes, yes. She forgot. Um, I did forget. I haven't. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was not looking for a job and they approached me and said, Hey, you want to come work at the church in the community, um, the communications team. And so I thought, well, I don't really need a job, but yeah, what, what are you looking for? What, how can I, you know, help you? How, how is this, how am I qualified for this position basically? Um, and the funny thing is that truly everything that we do with our ministry is what they were wanting to hire someone um, for a a part-time position. And so, you know, we, we, Tommy and I both looked over the qualifications. Um, We went back and forth several times because I was very concerned about the number of hours. Uh, Because sometimes, you know, you you start to work and it's, oh yeah, you're going to be part-time and then you're slowly moved into a full-time position. I think you were definitely more eager to jump in and take it. And I was sort of not standoffish, but just a little more cautious and uh, uh, careful about what we get ourselves into, knowing that we have three children and a lot of other things going on. And we have a lot of responsibilities, right. right. Um, But it has been absolutely wonderful. I I talk to my teammates all the time about how grateful I am that they asked me to be a part of the team and that they offered me a position that I wasn't even looking for because it's a perfect fit. Um, I basically am responsible for two main things. Our church newsletters is one thing that I'm responsible for. And then um, we are currently in the process of rebranding. And so I'm going to be helping with the website and making sure that the website, uh, our church's website uh, is, you know, up to date and working properly and all of the information is correct. It's a good position because it allows you to use your gifts and the skill set that you've already developed. Yes. And, uh, currently use with regards to our ministry. Exactly. Yeah, um, so. But also one huge benefit and one of the main reasons that I did take the position is because I can work from home. So I can be very flexible. Um, I, I go into the office occasionally and, and when needed, but I can work from home. So mm-hmm. that was that was a huge bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cannot say enough great things about our church family. Um, the ladies that I, we, we actually, 
Well, there were a group of ladies. Um, there's one guy on the team, and he's not really part of a te our team. We kind of adopted him. He does the video production part. Um, but I work with amazing ladies, an all-women's all team. They're incredible. And, um, I mean, it doesn't even seem like work. It's, it's just a lot well, of fun. Yeah, if you enjoy it, it's yeah, like... Yeah, I very much enjoy it. It doesn't feel like work, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, so I have a job at the church. Yeah. Um, also, uh, that's another big change. Yeah, all right, that fills them in as far as you're concerned. Uh, I'm still working at the same job, a little bit more responsibility mm -hmm. right now. We've had a lot of things go on, and so uh, we're just... We're just all staying very busy right now, but we did want to prioritize our ministry uh, because, you know, this is something that the Lord has given to us, mm -hmm. and um, we feel like we need to be obedient to Him and minister to others and offer help and support because that was what was given to us in our time of need. Right. And so here we are. So we're back at it. Uh, which leads us to today's show. Uh, this is our 25th episode, and it's titled Appeasing, Appeasing Your Prodigal. And before we get into it, there's a couple things we want to define. Uh, first thing, appeasing, the word appeasing. We might have different definitions, but we want, to, we want to speak to that. So when we say appease, if I'm appeasing you or I'm appeasing you, Amy, what are, what are we talking about? What does that mean to appease someone? Um, to appease someone, I mean, I often think of it as a, you know, to pacify, um, to okay. go along with, okay. um, to make you happy just for mm -hmm. the sake of making you happy, mm -hmm. not because it's maybe even the wise decision mm -hmm. just to go along with. I think there's a level of, uh, sacrifice involved in appeasing, basically putting your wants, needs, and desires to the side and bringing uh, the desires of that other party to the forefront, mm -hmm. all right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. That defines it pretty well. Uh, and then, of course, the prodigal. Uh, for those of you who may be new uh, to our podcast, who we are referring to when we say prodigal is that person in the marriage who is running from the Lord, mm -hmm. right? Running from the marriage, running from you, your children. Uh, so when we use that word, no, that's, that's who we're referring to. Uh, we have a theme verse that goes along with today's show. It's 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. I'll go ahead and read that. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. All right. So what does this verse actually mean? I mean, it sounds, it sounds pretty good, but there's a couple things that really stand out to me. Uh, Amy, what are your thoughts? Well, the first thing that, that jumps out at me is that we are not to please man. Um, so we really need to make sure that what we're doing and saying um, and even the motives of our hearts. Can we please man? Yeah, I mean, by going along with things that they want, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be completely pleased. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to go along with something. Right. right. And to have the desire to uh, please other people. But not um, to do that above honoring God and pleasing God. Of course, right. Um, 
Well, the first part of that per verse, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, the gospel is truth. So right. we are possessors of the truth. So we speak not to please man, which is what you referenced. All right. We're not trying to please man. We're trying to speak truth, regardless of how it offends someone else. That shouldn't matter to us. All right. Yeah, we should, I guess, be bothered in a sense if, it, if what we say causes somebody uh, to be hurt. But if we are speaking the truth, and that truth of the Word of God is piercing the heart of that other person, we should be glad for that because it's doing its job. Although I do think that it's important to speak the truth in love. In love. Always yeah. in love. Yeah. That's a, that's a key factor there, too. So we just want to be mindful that... You know, y y you speak the truth in love, um, but yeah, I think that that's, you know, that's a big part of that. All right. So our goal isn't to make people happy by what we say. Right. And our words should please God by reflecting His truth. Mm -hmm. His truth, not our version of the truth. Right. Because there are probably millions of those. <laughs> right. And billions. Right. We all have a different perspective. All right. So. Um, what is what does it look like to appease the prodigal? All right, we want to talk practically here, uh, and today's show is based largely on some of the questions that we've received over the past few months. Right. We have folks who are standing for their marriage, who are going along with things, uh, and it's not leading to any restoration. Uh, in fact, it's leading in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're asked, well, should I? Should I bend on this or should I give in to this demand or plea? And so that, that's sort of the inspiration. But uh, specifically, we're looking for examples here of what we can point to. So um, let's talk about that. What are some examples? Okay. Appeasing the pro Appe prodigal. Appeasing the prodigal. Um, I often think of, you know, doing things maybe out of fear um, for the wrong reasons, thinking that if I don't, you know, go along with this, it's going to cause more damage to my marriage or, you know, it's not going to make my prodigal happy. And those aren't necessarily reasons that we should be, you know, doing those things. Um, Agreeing to things that are wrong for fear of inciting anger. Right. And specifically things that we know to be sinful. Yeah. Um, sinful behaviors. Mm -hmm. And, let me, um, before you go any further, let me yeah. just say they're already angry. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're seeing a little bit, but what you're probably not seeing is how blackened their heart is. Mm -hmm. All right. So if we're not doing something or doing something out of the fear of possibly making them angry, don't worry about that because they already are. If they're to the point where they're saying they want to leave the marriage, or maybe they've already sought out an attorney. Their heart is already way out there. Right. All right. So the expressions of that anger may come in different forms, mm -hmm. uh, but in my opinion, it's all the same. It's all coming from the same place. Right. All right. Uh, so let me bring up our, our situation here. So when uh, we found ourselves in the situation we were where we first went to a separation and then a divorce. Uh, things blew up really quickly. And uh, I remember Amy had been sort of planning my departure for a while. I'm going to say she was scheming. I was scheming. Okay, to get rid of me. And 
Now, if you if you know our story, there were there were reasons why she wanted out for sure, legitimate reasons, uh, not to abandon the marriage, but to just, if nothing more, get a break from me or have something done to our marriage that would that would change it because mm-hmm. I allowed it to become so rotten. Uh, but she asked me to move out of the house. And uh, this was after spending, I think, that first night. I, I, I stayed in a local hotel, and then I came back. was not well received when I came back. And then we had the discussion of, well, you need to go ahead and, and move out. And it was, it was sort of sold as a temporary thing, mm-hmm. you know, because you needed your time to think. Right. You needed your space, and I needed to take care of me. Right. Okay? And so the solution, uh, which was not rooted in any kind of counsel that was based on the truths of Scripture, was to, for us to separate. All right? And <laughs> this is really sad. Having attended church my whole life, growing up attending Christian school... I should have all this biblical knowledge. And I did, but I wasn't applying any of it. All right, so when I was met with this situation where, all right, here we're about to destroy our marriage, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll move out. I'll find a place. So I spent, a, I, w- I want to say, a couple nights with a friend of mine and then uh, another several days with uh, my brother. Yeah, and... Um, it was during that time that I needed to uh, go ahead and quickly find a place because, you know, again, the way it was sold, the quicker you find a place, uh, then we can start getting into a routine, spend time with the boys. And the whole while I'm thinking, all right, yeah, this is just going to be temporary. And it sounded good because oh, it was I had sold been, really well because she had, I had been rehearsing scheming. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I had all the answers. And and that is where we find a lot of the people that listen to our podcasts too. Um, one or you know, one of the partners is saying you need to get out, you know, and they've got it all rehearsed because they've been planning it. They've been planning your departure. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of hit in the face with, whoa, what do I do? And because you're already met with that challenge of, oh no, our marriage is in a bad place. Like I didn't even realize it was this bad. Um, She wants me to leave or he wants me to leave. So I better do this because if I don't, it's going to make this person more angry or it's, you know, I'm doing this to help my marriage. And in fact, that is not true. Right. And that's not true. A lot of people don't know how to answer the demand for more space. Mm -hmm. I need my space. I need you to understand that. So what do we do? Oh, okay. All right. I understand. I'll give you your space. <laughs> the, the evil truth of that statement, I need my space, is the fact that they only want the space so you can't see the, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is something evil in most cases. They want that hidden. They don't want you to see it, which is why they need the room. Right. They need you out of the picture. Right. All right. And so it's... Boy, it sounds good, but, you know, like I said, the truth of it is something quite sinister. And we need to be aware of that. And uh, when, you know, if, if we're asked to do that, really, really speak truth and be aware of what's going on and not appease to say, yes, I'll go along with something, even though 
the Bible tells us not to separate. We shouldn't do this. And even if you say it's going to make you happy or it's going to fix things, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be disobedient to the Lord. Yeah, I, right. think, I think we should um, kind of pause for a minute and make sure that people and our audience know that we in no way or case or shape or form are talking about situations where there is abuse. Absolutely. And there is a danger, a physical danger right. to uh the husband or the wife or the uh, children right that needs to be addressed right and in in some cases there ne- does need to be a separation just for the uh reason of safety right you know, and keep keeping people free from harm and also well, we acknowledge you know, that right and also with the understanding that there needs to be you know biblical counseling um in some way addressed in those situations too. And I think if our situation, um, going back to our situation, I think if our situation were one where we said, you know what, we need to kind of have some time away with the understanding that uh, we have people in our lives who are speaking truth into our lives and will help us navigate the waters, I don't think anything would have necessarily been wrong for that with with that situation. However, my motivation was, well, if I can get him out the door one night, I can get him out for a week. I can get him out for a month. Then I can get him out for good. And that was the motivation. That was that was the scheming that he's talking that about. That was scheming. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I guess I didn't really understand until right this moment that there was sort of a a staging. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But it, it was, actually goes to something we're going to be talking about a little bit later in terms of appeasing and, you know, how there are different levels and it always gets worse. Right. Yeah. Um, one other quick example is I know early on uh, one of our sons was having an issue and my immediate response was, well, we need to get him into counseling um, and not biblical counseling. We need to just take him to counseling. You know, he's having a hard time. Um, the answer wasn't, we need to come alongside him and help him, or we need to see what the root cause of what his distress is. Yeah. Well, his- we know we knew what the root cause was. Right. Our family was being destroyed, but for the prodigal, that's not something they're willing to Admit. acknowledge. Right. Yeah. And so, for but for you know for that. That's one thing I was really thankful that that Tommy did stand up and he absolutely said no. We, I will not go. You know, he he went along with some things, but he said no. I will not go along with that when it comes to our children and them. You know, speaking to someone with secular knowledge, um, nothing that is rooted in biblical uh, biblical foundation. I will not go along with that. So you know, these are just some of the things, um, and there's lots of other examples. Let's um, say your prodigal uh, asks you for some money so they can use it to maybe get a lawyer. Well, you, here, here's the thing. If, you're, if your prodigal is willing to break the marriage covenant and scheme behind your back, um, getting a lawyer, maybe they're having an affair, uh, but they are seeking the, dilu- the dissolvement of the marriage through divorce. 
you know, lying or being deceptive about their motivation for things, that, that's nothing. Right. You know, so if they ask you for money and say it's going to be for this, or maybe it's for the, your kids, oh, I just need you to give me some more money so we can maybe put them in this camp over here. Uh, you really need to be cautious about doing things like that because uh, there's just so, there's such a lack of integrity when it comes to folks who are pursuing a divorce that you really can't trust their motivation with respect to what they're going to do with any money the that they're given. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know, the other thing too that some of us will encounter when dealing with a prodigal is because they don't want to hear the truth, uh, they will insist that you not speak about the Bible, mm-hmm. quote scripture or pray. Uh, and again, we're not, we're not commanded to be quiet when it, when it comes to speaking truth. Now, you have to, you have to find a balance because right. it reaches a certain point where if you're constantly uh, you know, speaking truth to them by quoting scripture, let's say you just woke up and you're starting off today, I got some scripture the Lord gave to me and I'm going to go ahead and tell you that right now, <laughs> just as they're waking up. It's probably not going to be well received, right? Right. Or if you're, uh, I don't know, engaging in an activity with the children, and just for no reason, the context isn't there, but you're talking about, uh, you know, stories from the Bible, and uh, again, right there, it's not going to be well received. So we're not saying don't speak about the Bible. We're saying make sure you have the right context, context. and don't be mm-hmm. afraid to. All right. Um, now, Tommy did a really wonderful job of using scripture when scripture was needed. And he did, you know, here's another thing. A lot of people come to us and they'll say, well, I, you know, I opened my Bible and I read, you know, this scripture and that scripture. When you're speaking truth and love, you don't always have to quote the actual, you know, reference or anything like that. So, I mean, there are ways that you can continue speaking God's truth um, and not kind of feel like that you're beating them down with, with scripture. And Tommy did a really good job of that, um, knowing when to speak and when to be silent. I remember one occasion, this is when you were still working as a personal trainer, fitness trainer, and I was in the your apartment, and you called me just because you were dealing with someone that you were having to train. And I don't know if you remember the details, but there was a clash of personalities there and uh, you were just having a really hard time, difficult time. And you were sharing that with me. And so I, I used it as an occasion to talk about how we're to interact as believers with a lost world and the example we're supposed to, sh- to show and the grace that we're supposed to share with others who uh, maybe are treating us unfairly or they're uh, ignorant on things that are um, ways they're supposed to be living that they're not living that way. Right. You know, uh, and I remember those just a couple conversations we had about it. But when I was speaking that way again, using scripture but not reading from scripture, it was it was well received in those circumstances. Now, had the topic of conversation. Uh, gone back to your behavior, and then I was using scripture, it probably would not have been well received. <laughs> right. No. But I mean, I think that, you know, calls for discernment. And y- you use those opportunities, like Tommy was speaking about, 
but be sure you don't turn it back into, oh, this is how you're, you know, going to handle this. Now, how are you going to handle well, our situation? What, what you're you doing, know? what you're doing there is you're planting seeds yes. and you're relying on the Holy Spirit to water those seeds and develop them so that the truth eventually is born and they realize and they see it in God's perfect timing. Right. And so spent a lot of time sowing seeds back then. And eventually, you know, they did grow. All right. Uh, so what is the typical result of appeasement? Well, I mean, in my case and in most cases, you you're appeased, you know, you get what you want, but then you move the goalpost. You want something more and you ask for more things and then you ask for more. And there's never really a fulfillment, you know? Yeah. You're always asking for more. Yeah. And there's, uh, the prodigal is never satisfied until they get their way. Right. And once they get their way, okay, now I have something else that they want. Right. Right. And each each level that they descend to is uh, further and further away from the Lord, from the Lord, and mm-hmm. from your marriage. Mm-hmm. All right, but again, they make it sound the the way they they sell their desires is masterful. And of course, they're getting their inspiration from the father of lies. Right. So you shouldn't be surprised by that. Well, just like in the beginning, it was well, can you you know just leave for a night, um, and then it was two nights and then it was a week and then it was a month and then I mean but the, people the goal, telling me yeah after three months that should really be it I can't imagine her wanting <laughs> this to last longer right. and you know you you made a um you made it very convincing to me that you didn't want divorce in fact she actually said, said I'm that. not I'm not looking for a divorce but I had but again I had lies. already right and I had already seen a divorce lawyer at that point so I mean again you they the, you move the goalpost um, I wasn't going to be happy until I was divorced um, and uh, you know again this well, is in my say, mind say, right I thought I wasn't I gonna thought be happy right until, yeah. in my mind I thought I would not be happy until I was divorced um, and so I did everything possible in my power to make sure that that we were divorced um, so no matter how I had to sell it um, you know, I would continue asking and requesting specific things until, you know, he had signed the papers, it was done, it was over. Um, needless to say, that didn't work out. So yeah. Well. <laughs> so just, just, just remember, they are never going to be satisfied. Right. They're going to want more and more and more. And each time you appease, uh, you're digging yourself a, a deeper hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's best to stand strong and resist. Mm-hmm. And Rely on the Lord to help you. Uh, so why do standards make the mistake of using appeasement as a restoration strategy? Believe it or not, this is a strategy, is a strategy. that standards, people standing for their marriage, will use in the hopes that this will bring about reconciliation and restoration. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, why, do, why do they do that? Um, I, I think... What you just said is usually the goal, their intention is, well, if they're asking this, if I, if I appease and if I do what they 
are wanting, well, then they'll come back to the marriage. This will help win them over, so to speak. Um, but we know that that is, that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think, you know, in your case, uh, like when we were at, um, oh, what's it called? Uh, when we were at... Where before we signed the divorce papers. Oh, the mediation. Mediation, mediation. That yeah. was fun. Yeah, I, I was like, what's that word? Um, so at mediation, Tommy, hmm. he signed out of fear. Hmm. Um, and I mean, it was a legitimate fear. At that point, there were like three lawyers or, you know, a mediator and two lawyers um, against him, basically saying, if you don't sign these papers, we're going to drag this out in court and everything that you've ever done in your past will be brought up and, you know, uh, your children will be able to read these court documents are public. Your children will be able to read this. I mean, true fear tactics. Oh, and the, the judge order, could, could get the impression that you're actually nuts or crazy and, and as a result, and take your your kids away from you, right? You know, and the thing is, at that mediation, I I came in standing strong. I actually brought my Bible, and I set it right there in the middle of the conference table before we began. And uh, we both had an opportunity to say what it was we wanted right at the very beginning. And um, I made it clear I'm not going along with this. I think we need to be restored. This is not good. Basically, just setting the tone. <laughs> and that was not well received because then they understood what they were dealing with, what they were up against. Right. And I credit the Lord for that. And it actually caused them to rethink their strategy a little bit because there was more than one occasion there where you and your lawyer had to leave because you're right, this isn't working. He's not going well. Let's, right. let's turn the screws a little tighter. And try to scare them a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, there mm. were, the, those were a couple of instances. I think we even said, what a you know. rotten thing to do. Yeah. I think <laughs> even we used, you know, money. Well, financially, well, you know, if you um, don't go along with this, I mean, we'll take your pension. And it, it was, it was dirty, you know. And so those are things to be mindful of. Like when you're dealing with a prodigal who's running from the Lord, they're not going to be thinking, how can I, you know, how can I do things in a loving, kind way where, you know, this works out for both of us? That is not how you actually the sold thinks. it to me as though you were doing me a favor. Yes. And you were being generous and good and kind. This whole thing. I was, was giving you half from, of the time. Yeah. I was giving you, I wasn't asking for anything. Um, I wasn't going after your retirement. You know, I mean, it just, that's how it was sold. I'm being very kind to I you. I should be grateful. So you should be grateful yeah. that I'm only yeah. wanting X, Y, and Z. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I think that, you know, fear more than anything. So fear, um, We fear making our prodigal more angry Mm -hmm. if we don't appease. Um, We think that our kind and giving actions will result in a change in the other person. Right. That's a big mistake. Yes. Not going to. It's not going to happen. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. That's what I was going to say. First off, you can't make them change. Mm -hmm. All right. That has to be done by the work of the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit. If, in fact, the Holy Spirit dwells inside them. Right. And I think that's one of the first things you need to determine is whether or not your prodigal is a Christian. They may, they may claim to be. Maybe they've attended church their whole life, but 
you know, as Amy and I have spoken uh, about this topic before, if we're not seeing any fruit from them, mm-hmm. that is uh, how you know. Yeah, that's a pretty good indication of where where they are spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, and one last thing here, we've been convinced that fighting and standing for truth will only cause ourselves. Uh, more pain and make matters worse. And mm-hmm. so that's that's one of the reasons we appease there too. And that was part of my motivation at that mediation was, you know what, I've, I've endured enough pain. I'm, I'm scared of what could happen and I just want the pain to stop. I and I remember, I remember after I signed those papers, those wretched papers that I regret signing, and if I had it to do all over again, I would not do that. And Amy would tell you now that she wouldn't have wanted me to sign them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, before I move forward, we did have a ceremony where we burned all those papers <laughs> yeah. at one point after we were restored. Uh, but after I signed those papers, I remember that afternoon, uh, your whole countenance had changed. It's like you got what you wanted and you were agreeable for me to actually come over to the house that night. I hadn't been over there in months. But magically, because I signed those papers, now I'm going to allow you to come over and pick up the boys. Prior to that, it was we're going to meet in a parking lot and exchange the kids. And so I thought, oh. So for that moment, I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe it was maybe it was good that I did this. Right, maybe that was a good it's idea. It's changed the situation. God used all of it to bring us back together. Uh, but my motivation for signing and going along was, was not right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Had it to do it all over again, I would not. I would do things differently. Uh, well, what do we read from Scripture about compromise and appeasement? We've got two verses here. Amy, go ahead and read the first one. Um, the first one is from Psalm 119, 2 through 3. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. Hear that part? They do not compromise with evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the destruction of the marriage and a family and everything that goes along with that, if that's not evil, I don't know what is. Right, right. right? So that verse right there should tell tell you what it is you need to do. Yeah, and and we're speaking specifically about sinful behaviors, Mm -hmm. people that are running towards sinful behaviors. Mm -hmm. Uh, Deuteronomy 5.32, Be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. All right, so when it comes to appeasement, what I would say and what that verse uh, says to me is that we need to stay true to the Word of God and not be looking over here for advice that might cause us to go down this path. All right, keep your minds focused on what God is telling to you to do. Stand strong and don't be, don't be distracted. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what is a great reminder from the Bible of how God rewards those who refuse to compromise? There are many examples, mm-hmm. uh, but I mentioned one to you earlier. Yeah, I think, and this is a perfect example, um, the story of the fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, they did not compromise. And Think about what they were being asked to do. Bow down. The, the wicked king demanded that everyone in the land bow down and worship the statue that was made in his image. And I believe it was when the horn blew 
there, there was some uh, something that triggered everyone to bow at the same time. Right. I think it was a horn. And uh, they refused to, and eventually word came back to the king that they wouldn't. So they were called before the king, and the king actually offered them a chance. Right. Well, maybe maybe they didn't hear it. Maybe there's some misunderstanding here. Right. All right. Giving them every opportunity, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, And eventually it got to the point where he demanded that they do it, and they refused to uh, because they knew that doing so... Uh, would have been sin against an almighty God. They knew what the consequences were. (laughs) And that was, uh, I think that's the wonderful thing about the story is how bold and the courage that they had in the face of this unspeakable evil. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know the story, how it ended. Uh, They were thrown into the fiery furnace, but they were delivered from that horrible death. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, they looked in and they're like, wait a minute, we put three people in there. There's another one. You know, the angel of the Lord was And I've heard some commenters say that that individual in the fire with them was actually the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Um, I wasn't there. I, I don't know. It could have been an angel of the Lord. It could have been Jesus himself. But the point is that God rewarded their faithfulness and their courage and he protected them. He saved them. And when they came out, what did that do to the king? Yeah. He was just completely turned around. He couldn't believe what had happened. And he recognized that their God was the source of truth. So it was, it was a situation where God was glorified right. and truth was made known because they didn't compromise. And they could have easily, oh. you know, compromised. Right. And said, and well, we, we bowed down, but our we hearts weren't right. really in it. We, we didn't really mean it. We didn't mean it in our hearts. God will look past this. Yeah. We're only human. It's going to be okay. No. They stood by their convictions. Mm-hmm. And what a wonderful story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when it comes to appeasement, what should be the biblical response? We've got four points here that yep. we want you all to remember. I'll go ahead and start with the first one. First off, it is okay to compromise on things that do not violate God's laws. And so right. what, we're, what we're talking about there is um, situations you may find yourselves in where a compromise that's not dealing with anything right or wrong, sinful behavior, you can come to an agreement on. We were talking about it earlier where, you know, two individuals are going to have two different perspectives on things and right. how things could potentially get done. Say redecorating, all right? I would see things one way, you say things another. We, we talk about it and we decide, you know what? I don't have to have my way. I'll let this go. Uh, you can have that. And you come to an agreement. You compromise. Right. right? But those That's things, perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Th- those things do not violate God's And laws. I would say some of those might come into play uh, during times where you're dealing with uh, handling the children. So let's say mm-hmm. you're separated and there's a court order saying, all right, the wife, you're going to have them on these days. The husband on these days. Right. And things aren't working out schedule-wise. So you can... Uh, you can come to a decision there. We're not talking about... Well, yeah, the whole thing is is sinful. The, the broader context of what is actually happening. But um, getting along for the sake of the children uh, and accommodating the other person so as to benefit the children in some circumstances, that, that would be okay. Right. All right, so... 
don't feel like you're violating God's laws when you make some of those compromises. We're talking expressly and specifically, specifically about sin. His laws. Yeah. All right, Amy, what's the next one? Um, the next one is compromising or agreeing to things that are sinful will not put you in a favorable position. Um, in God's eyes. I mean, he's not gonna, oh, it's just the one time he'll look past it. No, that's not how that works. And that speaks to our motivation. Do we want to please God or do we want to please man? Mm -hmm. And if your goal is to honor the Lord, then we can't, can't be compromising on things that we know are sinful. All right. And uh, can I just, um, quickly plug a book, right? Real quick. Go right ahead. Um, there is a great book, and it's one of the ones that we had to read um, in biblical counseling. And it's When God is Small and People Are Big. Am I saying that right? When God is Sounds Small. Sounds right. Or when, yeah. Um, I always get it mixed up. I'm like, is it when God, it, it is when God is small and people are big, or when people are big and God is small. That's mm-hmm. it. When people are big and God is small. Um, but that is such a great book. Uh, on if, if you tend to be a, a people pleaser, um, I highly recommend that book. It gives such a great perspective. Um, and it truly, I think, shows God for, it helps you understand who God is um, and how that we oftentimes kind of put him way down here and people on a higher pedestal. And, you know, God is a jealous God. He desires to be number one in our lives. And so it's really important to always look at your motivations, look at your heart condition and say, am I, am I being wise about this? Am I putting God first or am I putting people um, first? And so anyway, that's just a great book to help, help with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next point, appeasement only emboldens your prodigal and encourages them to pursue deeper levels of sin. Mm-hmm. All right. So that is to say you're only making matters worse, yeah. not I mean, just for you, but for them. And it, it may, they walk further away from the Lord um, and in turn further away from the marriage. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you don't want to do that. Um, our last one is appeasement demonstrates weak faith and results in deeper and darker paths that ultimately cause more suffering and harm. More suffering and harm, right. And so you're already suffering, you're hurting. Do you really want to do things that are going to make that pain greater or mm-hmm. more severe? And a lot of times we think, oh, mm. I'll just you know go along with this and it'll be fine mm. um, just, just this one time or, or just for now. Um, and we think more short, we think short term so often we don't think big picture. We don't think long term. And yeah, while it might maybe easier to appease, you know, for the sake of getting along or giving them their way at, in the immediate, you think, well, this, you know, they, they won't get as angry. They won't get as mad. I'm going to do this for them. But in the long run, it, it's, it hurts more. There's mm-hmm. more suffering because of those decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now is the time in our show when we mention and pass along prayer requests sent to us from our listening audience. And we do this with the intent of helping to build an army of prayer warriors who can join you in this spiritual battle for your marriage. Uh, we're going to share some of our most recent requests and ask Uh, that for those who have more current information about their situations whose emails haven't been shared live, please write in again and we'll do our best to include them 
in our next broad, broadcast. And I say that because it's been a, it's while. Been a while, right, yeah. since we've actually made a recording here. You can contact us at prayer at purposedmarriage.org and be sure to put in the subject line on air prayer. Or you can go to the on air prayer page on our website, purposedmarriage.org, and fill out the form. All right, so we have several that we're going to go ahead and share. And uh, we'll just mention the first names here, no last names. And I think I'm going to go ahead with the first here. This one comes from Tamara. Here's her message. Please pray for the restoration of my marriage. Although we've been divorced, I am standing. Please pray for the Holy Spirit to touch my husband, who was a believer, but said he lost his faith. Please pray for both of us to be free from bitterness. Please pray for me to walk humbly like Jesus and only have a soft answer as a result of a loving heart. Blessings to all of you and thank you for your prayers. Thank you, Tamara, for sharing that. Let's remember her in prayer. Okay, this next one comes from Jade. Um, she says, please pray for the restoration of my husband um, to his God and his wife and children. She's been standing for four months, and he seems um, determined to separate everything. He is lost, and she is lonely and scared and dealing with the consequences of his self, self, selfish, sinful choices, as are their children. Mm. So Our heart goes out to you, Jade, mm. and especially your children who are having to deal with the consequences of sin. Uh, everyone, please remember her in prayer. Uh, this next one comes from Cassandra. I've been standing for my marriage officially for nine months. Two years ago, my husband of eight years confessed to having an affair with a fellow church member and wife of his best friend. I was blamed for everything, and he and I both walked away from the Lord. Nine months ago, I moved out and was living with my mom. He and the kids stayed in the apartment because the kids didn't want to move where mom lived. I found out that my husband had been out and about the town he lived in with the other woman, and they were official. I drove to his apartment, and a massive argument ensued. Mm -hmm. On my drive back to my mom's, I was so mad, I truly believed I hated my husband and wanted nothing to do with him. That's when the Lord spoke to my heart and said he was going to restore my marriage. One day later, I heard an ad for Restored Marriage Ministries, and I haven't looked back since. I pray without ceasing and have a new love for my husband. I'm just waiting on my, <laughs> my but God moment. That's uh, used quite a lot uh, by Rejoice Marriage Ministries. Charlene uses that expression. I'm glad you were uh, turned on to them. There was a wonderful ministry there. And I want to encourage you, if you feel like you've heard a special message from the Lord deep in your heart, calling you to stand. And it is a calling. We uh, advise that you stay true to that and pray and believe that that will happen. Uh, that's what uh, ended up with us. Uh, and you all can hear that story. Go back and listen to some of our other podcasts. Uh -huh. uh, this next one, Amy, I'm going to have you read. Okay. I would say Antonia. That's Antonia. how we pronounce it. Okay. Go ahead. So this is from Antonia. 
Um, hello, dear brothers and sisters. I ask for prayerful support for the restoration of my marriage. My husband left me almost five years ago. Since then, I have not stopped praying for him and for many things, seeking God and his will. I have been through many, many phases and processes, but I am tired. Not only is my marriage not restored, but he already has another woman and is going to live with her shortly. Today, he has um, not filed for divorce and uh, he was still paying her support. However, he has now told me that he will be asking for a divorce. Uh, I suppose it will be to satisfy the pressure of the other woman. In other words, five years without seeing anything positive, without receiving God's word or clear promise, and now this. I'm getting older. I will be 59 years old. Uh, soon. I am completely alone in this country. I have no children, no friends, no family or church. For both, this is our first marriage. I no longer know um, what to do or how to ask. Uh, I wonder if this is the case in which if the unbeliever wants to go, we let him go and the abandonment uh, the abandoned one is free. It is very clear to me that there is a prom it is not very clear to me that there is a promise of restoration in my case. I don't really know if my husband is saved or not. He believed one day years ago and gave his life to Jesus, but no fruit was really seen from him. He continued carnal and as always before. Uh, perhaps it is in a apparent conversion. Um, only God sees the heart and knows his sheep. Judging by the acts of this last year, he is not saved, but according to his conversion, yes, he is. Uh, in any case, he has turned away from God and has hardened his heart completely. So that's why I don't know if my case is a case in which an unbeliever leaves or if it is lost sheep that the great shepherd will bring back into his fold. But that as it may, I need comfort, peace, direction, hope, and support in prayer. I'm exhausted, confused. Um, God does not speak to me even though I seek Him in prayer and in His Word. I really don't know what to do with my life. I have been standing since He was gone. I feel completely alone. Um, we are Andreas and uh, uh, from Germany. Um, and she says that, thank you very much for your ministry. God bless you. Um, and she actually doesn't speak English. She had this translated. So um, I, you know, there are some of those words in there that um, may be translated differently. But I mean, we're so thankful that we have an audience, you know, people that listen from all over the world. Um, and, you know, Tommy and I kind of spoke to this a little bit earlier. And so... I think it's it's really important to point out, you know, when you're looking to see is is this person a believer? Is my spouse a Christian or not? One of the ways that we know is we know by their fruit. Um, if they don't possess the fruits of the spirit, you know, it doesn't mean that absolutely they are not a believer. Um, but you you will see some type of of fruit. Um, and you know, people are led astray all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you are a believer, you can't stay running from the Lord forever. Um, he will bring his lost sheep back home. 
And so um, I just want to encourage you um, to, to find community, find people that you can surround yourself with to get the support that's needed and the love that that is needed in your case. Um, So thank you for bringing this to our attention. And we absolutely will be praying for you and your husband. Yeah. Thank you, Antonia. And uh, be praying for her. Uh, Last one here. This is from Chris. Hi, I would like prayer for my wife. Uh, She has left me seven months ago for the second time. Mm. I was addicted to alcohol and using drugs and was verbally abusive due to jealousy and lack of identity in Christ and have been brought up on a very legalistic background and childhood trauma. We are both Christians, but she is determined to be separated and likely seeking divorce. I have made a total turnaround in seeking God daily. I want her to see the change and come back to me, but she is running hard in the other direction. Mm. That sounds familiar. That sounds very familiar, right? And uh, we hear that story a lot about how, you know, a marriage gets into crisis mode there and uh, somebody wakes up, God gets a hold of their heart, and then they're on fire for the Lord. They see the error of their ways, and then, you know, it's kind of contagious. They want the other person to see it, but that other person by that time is checked out and they're running, Mm -hmm. as was the case with us. And so, um, you know, it's a tough situation because you have to balance your love for the Lord versus your desire for restoration. And you need to not make it all about, all about the restoration. It should be all about submitting to God and getting your own life back where it needs to be Mm -hmm. in relation to your walk with Him. Mm -hmm. That should be the priority. We don't want to make an idol out of the marriage. Marriage. And believe it or not, that that can happen. And we we actually see that. Where you actually put that before God. That is the only thing that matters to you. You We've got to get restored. We've got to get back together. No, you need to get your heart right with the Lord and pray that this other person gets their heart right with the Lord. Because that's how restoration happens. If your hearts are both right, Mm -hmm. you'll both be seeking the Lord. Eventually, you're going to come together. All right, so that needs to be the priority. So, uh, Chris, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Please remember him. Um, We're going to go ahead and close out now with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we could come together, Father, and and talk about the issue of compromise, Lord, and how it can affect um, how we interact with our prodigals. Lord, um, many of us make the mistake of engaging in compromise, thinking that it's going to do our marriage good or appeasing our prodigals, Lord. We think that it's going to help the situation. Lord, give us discernment and help us to understand and realize that there is but one path there is but one truth, and it comes from you, and we need to hold, hold fast to that truth. Lord, for each of these prayer requests that were mentioned, Father, I pray that you would uh, touch the hearts of those who are suffering. Father, the husbands, the wives, the children. Lord, you know each situation. Uh, we, we pray that you will just intervene in this special way. Lord, give those who need strength the strength they need to endure. Equip them, Father to dispel the lies of the devil. And Lord, place people in their lives, Father, who will guide them to the truth and who will help build them up. 
and will comfort them during these times. Lord, for everything that you have done for us, we are truly grateful. We thank you first and foremost for the gift of your Son. Jesus Christ, the name above all names. We ask all these things now. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Purposed Marriage Podcast. We hope and pray it strengthens and further equips you to remain committed to your marriage no matter the condition or circumstances. For more information and links to resources from our ministry, be sure to follow us on social media and through our official blog at purposedmarriage.org. If you have questions about standing for your marriage and desire to learn more about how to live biblically during times of trial and heartache, please reach out to us via email. The address is contact at purposedmarriage.org. Until our next broadcast, may God continue to strengthen and encourage as you pursue a Christ-honoring and purposed marriage.